Listener note, the episode this week on self-help scams does reference death, suicide, and other topics that may be upsetting to some people. Listener discretion is advised. This is the 5AM Miracle, episode number 509. Is self-help a scam? My thoughts on victimhood and cheat codes for a better life. Good morning, and welcome to the 5AM Miracle. I am Jeff Sanders, and this is the podcast dedicated to dominating your day before breakfast. My goal is to help you bounce out of bed with enthusiasm, create powerful, lifelong habits, and tackle your grandest goals with extraordinary energy. In the episode this week, I'll break down my own personal history with self-help and the personal development industry as a whole, why self-help definitely is a scam, and why it definitely is not. Let's get to it. Depending on who you ask, self-help can be honestly a dangerous term, or potentially a life-changing one. I grew up without any real working knowledge of what personal development was, however, my discovery of it in my early 20s radically and permanently changed my life for the better. So in the episode this week, I will discuss the role of self-help as it applies to personal growth. In other words, actually getting better and having incredible benefits, but also its clear place in society as an industry that is ripe for a good scam. Now, both things are true, both that personal growth can benefit you in phenomenal ways and that it's vulnerable to scam artists and potential real harm. And so I'm going to break down exactly what we can do about all of that mess in the middle. Now, to back this up for just a second, I want to discuss exactly where this topic came from. Now, I've been hosting a personal development podcast for over 10 years, and so this topic is near and dear to my heart. I'm also someone who is obsessed with documentaries about cults and scams and anything that really digs into uh, the personal development industry, both from the positive and the negative. Yes, I am biased. This is not an objective perspective on personal development. I, I'm going to try my best to be objective, but my position is one that I view self-help as being helpful. However, there are many people who do not see it that way, and so I want to be able to address both sides of this argument, and I want to share with you exactly where this idea came from to even discuss this topic at all. So I was on Facebook recently, and I saw an ad for a self-help app. Uh, it was some kind of an app that provides quotations or courses or something like that. And basically kind of in that genre of, you know, here are helpful things to consume. What I saw, though, wasn't the product. What I saw was one of the comments that got a ton of interaction. And this kind of plays into what social media is, which is the things that are the most controversial tend to get the most likes and the most interaction, and they're promoted at the top. So I saw it. And I read it, and it was very intriguing. Intriguing because this particular comment from this random person on the internet said a bunch of things that I think speak to what a lot of people feel about self-help, how they view it. You know, clearly I come from the perspective that self-help provides incredible benefits, and I'm going to break those down uh, later in the episode. But let's start with this comment that I saw because there's a lot here. So here's what the comment said. Self-help is 50% toxic positivity, 
20% victim blaming, 10% misrepresented science, and 20% inane anecdotes for padding. Want to be successful? Try being born to the right parents in the right time and place. Be the right gender, race, level of ability, and happen to have the right opportunity come along at the right time. Sure, work hard if you can, but most people in this world work hard. And most will never succeed in any big way under capitalism. Most of it is just a big old cosmic lottery of privilege and chance that's already rigged against most of us. And anyone trying to sell you cheat codes is full of crap. End quote. Now, I have a lot of thoughts about what was just said here, but I want to first acknowledge the fact that a lot of people feel this way. This quotation does not represent how the world works and it is not how everyone feels about self-help. But there is certainly truth that is mixed in with all the emotion. And it's impossible for me as someone who teaches personal development to not be able to address the counterpoints, to not be able to see someone's perspective as being authentic and genuine and needing a counterpoint that will meet them where they are. I have felt some of these emotions in the past. These are not crazy emotions. They're not out of the realm of possibility. There are a lot of people who feel that essentially the world is stacked against them, that success is meant for someone else, that self-help is a scam, and that's all this is, that's all it ever was, and all it ever will be. Of course, I don't agree with that. However, I have to at least acknowledge the fact that this is real. People feel this way. And we need to start there. Second thought is that the definition of success, at least as this person here was alluding to, um, is one that's kind of an old school perspective that success in this sense is this grandiose uh, vision of wealth and privilege and opportunity. And it's one that I have found to be just a kind of a tired old argument. Now, I actually personally adopted a definition of success from the late Earl Nightingale, who is kind of known as the father of personal development, at least in the modern world. And the way that he defined success was the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. What that means is that progress is success. When you are pursuing something that is worthy of your time and energy and money and resources, that is success. And then if you wake up each morning, bright and early, and you go pursue the things you care about, you are being successful. That success is not a finish line. It is not a certain level of wealth or privilege or celebrity status. It's none of those things. Those things may come along in the process, but that's not the point. The point is the journey. The point is progress towards things you care about. And so from my perspective, if you view the world as success being this big, grandiose thing that's for someone else and you can't ever have part of that, well, then you've missed out on the opportunity to actually have any of that if that's what you're trying to achieve. And my final thought on this quotation is that you know, believing that the world is nothing more than a lottery that is filled with predestined privilege, it's just kind of a sad view on life. It's a limiting view on life. And honestly, it misses the glorious opportunities that exist for all of us to make forward progress. And so I don't want to give too much credence to what this quote is, but I do want to be able to acknowledge that there is a lot in this that people feel. A lot of these emotions that speak to when times are tough, it is very easy to point a finger. 
it's very easy to blame someone else. It's very easy to assume, well, I wasn't born to the right parents at the right time in history with the right resources available because I didn't have the deck stacked in my favor. It's therefore stacked against me and I'm therefore screwed. It's really unfortunate to wake up every morning believing that that's your reality. You know, perception is reality. And when you believe these kinds of things, you tend to act in a manner that makes those things then become reality for you. So with that being kind of a foundation for this week's conversation, I do want to break down whether or not self-help is a scam. Uh, We're going to talk about victimhood, which is basically what I just defined here, as well as this concept of cheat codes or basically self-help trying to be a way to hack your way to a better future. There's a lot to break down here. So let's just start with the very beginning of a definition of what self-help itself actually is, and then we can go from there. Now, self-help as a concept is also known as self-improvement, personal growth, personal development, and many other variations on this term. Uh, Those are the most common ones and the ones that speak to what this conversation is all about. Now, I looked up the definition of self-help from Webster's Dictionary Online, and it defined it as the action or process of bettering oneself or overcoming one's problems without the aid of others, especially coping with one's personal or emotional problems without professional help. I have a lot of issues with this definition. I think it is extraordinarily misleading. I think it is extraordinarily limiting, and I think it's flat out wrong. So now that you know my thoughts on that, uh, here's how I define self-help. From my perspective, self-help is ownership, especially ownership of the pursuit of the outcome you want. Let's say that again. Self-help is ownership of the pursuit of the outcome you want. In other words, you are the CEO of your own life. You get to choose to move forward, to pursue the next action, to achieve the goal or solve the problem that you have determined is worthy of your time. There's a reason why that I view self-help as being ownership, first of all, which means that you are taking the responsibility of the thing you're after. Right? You're not going to point fingers or blame someone else or delegate this to someone else. It is your life. And because it is your life, it's on you. The onus is on you to take the reins, take control, and own your life, both the benefits and the consequences and everything in between. Now, the second component, after you have owned what this is, what I am actually arguing is you're owning the pursuit of the outcome you want, not the outcome itself. Honestly, we don't have a lot of control over outcomes, but we do have control over next actions. We do have control over the journey in many ways, or at least the control over the next moment in time to make the next decision, to pivot when needed, and to continue the process to move forward. All we ever truly have is the present moment. The future is the future. And in many ways, there are so many factors that dictate what that will be, To argue that you have ownership of the outcome is just not accurate. It's wrong to say that straight out because there's just too much that plays into it. But you do have ownership of the pursuit of the outcome that you choose. You intentionally choose where you're going. You pursue that journey. You get after it. You can own that. And self-help is the whole process that brings you into that bubble to say, I've got this. 
in whatever way I'm going to pursue it, I've got this. Which brings me to my next point. The definition of success here that came from the dictionary makes this argument that somehow pursuing self-help does not involve professional help from someone else, that the aid of others is not a piece of it, which is nonsense because self-help by definition, from my, my perspective, is helping yourself. And what better way to help yourself than to involve professionals to help you, to bring someone else into your life, to feed you with better knowledge and information and intelligence and, and, and all of this life experience that you don't have yourself. Like You're listening to this podcast right now. You are pursuing self-help through someone else, through my vision of what this episode can be. If you truly took self-help from the previous definition, you'd be on your own. You'd be on an island by yourself, completely isolated. And that's not real life. Real life, real true self-help is doing whatever it takes to help yourself. And that definitely, absolutely, unequivocally includes seeking professional help when needed and desired. You get after the thing you want through every means you can. So all of it is inclusive here. This is not a super isolated, small thing. This is your entire existence, is your intentional pursuit of the things that you want. That's what this is. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. So now that we've kind of set the stage here for what self-help actually is, being once again, the ownership of the pursuit of the outcome you want, how did I get here? How did I come to define self-help in this way? Well, first of all, self-help as it is was not part of my childhood. I didn't really discover it as an industry or as a thing to pursue until basically age 23. Right in my early 20s, after college, I found a book from John Maxwell, who's a very famous author and speaker, and the book at the time that I read was called Your Roadmap for Success. It's one of literally dozens of books he's written, um, so I'm not going to say that that particular book is necessarily going to help you in any way, but at the time, it was my very first personal development book, so it had a massive, massive influence on my life. 
And what it led to was me realizing, wait a minute, number one, I can read books to improve my life, which prior to that, books for me were a thing I only read for school. I only read because a teacher told me to or my parents told me to. I never intentionally set out to read a book on my own, literally, until age 23. That's fiction or nonfiction. I did not like reading. I didn't voluntarily choose any of this until I set out through this book to then discover I can read on my own. I can improve my life on my own. I can pursue improvements and goals without other people being required to start that process. They were a part of the journey once I decided where I wanted to go, but I all of a sudden realized I could make my own roadmap for success. I was in control. This was my discovery that I was the CEO of my life. And it came from this one book that opened my eyes to say, oh my gosh, this exists. This is a real thing and I can't ignore it. And from then on, my life changed overnight. It was a completely new perspective on what I was all about. And so for the rest of my 20s, it was literally a pursuit of experimentation, trying to find out who am I, what do I want, how do I go get it, which led to documentaries, it led to more books to read, it led to speakers to go watch other talks online. It was how do I consume as much knowledge as possible and then run enough experiments as possible in my own life to go figure out who I am, what I want, and how that journey is going to play out for me. And ultimately, it led to me building my entire career on that foundation of personal growth. It led to a blog, which led to coaching clients, which led to a podcast, led to books, speaking engagements, online courses, all the work I do today. Everything is somehow tied back to this very moment when I realized there's a career here. You could actually be a speaker and author for a living, but not just that. You can rest all of that on the foundation of personal development, which is to say, I get to not only grow myself, but then share those life lessons with others, people just like you, to grow and improve your life. And I couldn't ignore it. It was impossible for me to see all of this happening and not want to be a part of it to every angle I possibly could, to be totally bought in on what self-help is. And in this process, I experienced tremendous success and benefits because of it. I ran marathons. I went vegan. I built a business. I became a full-time entrepreneur. I got married, got a house and kids. That part of it is pretty obvious for most people. But a lot of what I did, a lot of my successes in my life as they've played out in the last 20-ish years has come from this reality that I get to choose my future. I get to control the pursuit of the outcomes I want. So once I saw that power and once I began to test it and to actually run those experiments and see those results... It was impossible to ignore and then impossible for me to not want to share what I was experiencing with everyone who would listen. Hence this podcast. So now that you kind of see a sense of where I'm coming from here, let's discuss the elephant in the room, which is, is self-help a scam? It's a very important question. It's a necessary question to ask. and It's one that leads to honestly, a way for you to optimize the role of self-help in your life, whether to dig into it fully like I have, completely ignore it if you want to, or kind of dance around the edges, whatever fits you uh, in the best possible way. First of all, let's discuss why I believe self-help could be a scam or why it actually is. Number one, self-centered people 
they really bug me. <laughs> Self-centered people who definitely exist in this world, they see an easy path to power and profit. We're talking about charismatic leaders who prey on the vulnerable. We're talking about the opportunity for someone to sell a dream, which is a whole lot easier to sell than the hard work required to get the success that they're actually talking about. In other words, the biggest reason that I see why self-help can be a scam is because there are so many examples of self-help being a scam that are real, that exist everywhere. Not just from you know a charismatic leader who may you know launch a, a religious cult, which is probably the most extreme example, which we'll get to in a second as well, but also just the kinds of people who might do what I do, record podcasts, write books, offer coaching services and speaking engagements, and you know, they produce content and they try in many ways to reach other people, but they do so with the wrong motives. They're doing so out of this desire to better themselves, and they see an easy path to power and profit that negates the true benefits of the people they are supposedly trying to help and what the outcome of that is when you have someone who has the wrong motives to pursue this is they wind up scamming people. They wind up selling products and services that don't have value or that actually cause real harm, which brings me to the second point. Many people have been harmed in the name of self-help. There's a very famous uh, documentary now, I guess, uh, about a self-help leader who actually had people die in his sweat lodge uh, about 12, 13 years ago. And that sweat lodge was set up as a self-help movement. And I've discussed in this podcast how much I love going to the sauna. And there's, a, there's benefits there. There's health benefits, personal benefits of using heat in that way. But that's just a simple example of someone who took it too far, who had the wrong motives, and people literally died. Now, that's probably the most extreme you're going to see as death, but guess what? That's part of what this is. That's what leads people to believe that this is a scam, is they see these negative examples of people doing it wrong, and they make these sweeping assumptions that the whole industry is tainted, that the whole thing is just ruined, which is really unfortunate because as with any industry or any movement, there are going to be those who screw it up for the rest of us, and that definitely has happened. You know, in the midst of people being harmed, what I have seen is that it's very easy to believe the fantasy of the magic pill or to buy into the charismatic leader. Uh, you may even say, well, Jeff, you sound like you're a charismatic leader on a podcast. Should I follow you? And the answer is no, <laughs> no, do not follow me. You're, the whole point of this is you're following your own intuition, your own critical thinking. You might listen to me and steal some of my best advice and ignore the rest. That's awesome. But to ever give all your power to someone else, this is the biggest issue. Those who are the most vulnerable, those who buy the dream instead of the hard work, those who are, honestly, they're victims to this systematic uh, scam that does exist, they have given up their power. They have let someone else take it over. The second episode of this podcast, episode number two from over 10 years ago, is called Five Strategies to Become Your Own Personal Development Guru. I was preaching this message in episode number two. This is not the first time I've said this or believed this. This was the foundation for how I built this entire thing that I have here, which is that the self-help is of the self. It's you. It's not me. It's not some other author or speaker or religious leader. It's not someone else who's going to you know, speak wisdom into you. 
Those things are great. I love to consume smart things. I do it all the time. But at the end of the day, it's you. You are your own guru. You are your own charismatic leader. You are your own self-help genius. It's in you. And to not believe that, to give up your power to someone else, that's where the scams take place. And these self-help gurus that have led people in these horrible directions, well, they there are <laughs> there are ultimate outcomes that are so destructive. People have sold everything they own. They've left their families. They've even committed suicide. The potential for danger here is real. And I'll probably now have to go back and give a disclaimer in the episode this week that I've mentioned these topics because these things are real, they are dangerous, and they are the kinds of things that I look out for all the time. My antenna for scams is extremely accurate. One thing that I have kind of trained myself to do over the last, I don't know, 20, 30 years is when I get you know an email, for example, that's a spam email. I can see spam emails a mile away. So I don't fall victim to those, but other people don't have that skill set and they do fall victim to just a spammy email or a scam that they find online. These things happen every single day. They're not new at all. They have been around for a long time and they will be around forever. And so having that antenna up to recognize a scam when it happens to avoid the harm that comes from this, it's so important. It is necessary to have that skill set be developed over time to pay attention to that because your ability to detect those kinds of risks and avoid them is a massive part of your own future success. So, yes, self-help is a scam in many ways. Yes, people have been harmed. Yes, there are charismatic leaders who are out there to take advantage of those who are willing to listen. Which, of course, brings me to the third point, which is that self-help is a scam because it's always about the money. Money-focused people and companies will sell whatever they can to make a buck, including those cheat codes, kind of in quotes here, those cheat codes for a better life, those hacks that say, here, give me $100 and I'll tell you the secrets of the universe. Give me your money and I'll give you whatever it is you think you want. I will sell the dream to you Because selling the actual hard work that it takes is never going to work. It's not financially viable in most cases to sell the actual work because no one wants to work, right? Well, this is the problem. Because our nature is convenience, because our brains just kind of wire us towards the easy path, when we see an easy path, we want to take it. When there's a magic pill available, bring it on. Why would I do the harder path when there's an easier one right here? And that line of thinking is exactly what these scam artists prey upon, is our desire for a fast, simple solution, which is especially true when we are vulnerable. It's especially true when we've gone through a trauma, when times are tough, when we're financially strapped, when we're emotionally traumatized. We are very vulnerable in those moments for these types of people, companies, and scams that exist. And money is the ultimate driver. Money and power and power through money. It's all connected. It's all there. And that's how you can kind of detect where the scam may be. Fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? 
If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should check out my sponsor, Babbel. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, and studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions, without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. The final piece here of why, <laughs> this is a lot here, but the final piece for why I believe self-help is almost certainly a scam is religion. And I don't discuss religion in this podcast, and honestly, there are so many thoughts I have about religion, but what I want to uh, kind of bake it into in this conversation is that religion always, somehow or another, gets caught in the mess of self-help scams. You could watch literally hundreds of documentaries, mostly on religious cults, in this name of self-help scams. I mean, just to name a few, Jonestown, Heaven's Gate, Waco, Scientology in general, the Nexium sex cult, and on and on. There are so many of these things that it's just kind of unbelievable on a certain level that these things just have existed forever, that they continue to exist today, and that people are always seeking a better life. We want there to be this magical, powerful, awesome solution. And so because of that desire for achievements and solving problems and achieving goals, we seek out people who claim to have the answers to these problems, and then we give them our power. And as soon as we do that, game over. We've lost. I'm not going to call out any specific religions, although I just did with Scientology, but <laughs> that one definitely is a scam. Uh, what I have seen unequivocally is that if you don't have your antenna up, you're going to get caught in this mess regardless of your personal, spiritual, or philosophical perspective on any of this, the scams do exist. They are everywhere. And it's up to you to decide the life you want to live. It's up to you to decide what you allow into your brain, into your life, and how that then plays out for you. And so it really is one of those questions of what kind of a life do you want to live? What do you want to believe is true? Because it's a choice. Beliefs are a choice. That'll blow your mind right there if you have not thought of that before. What you believe is your decision, and you can undecide. You can unbelieve something. You can back yourself out of a scam, out of a cult, out of a bad scenario. You always have the power to change your life. I literally end every episode of this podcast reminding every listener every week of that exact fact. You have the power to change your life. And it's more important than ever when it comes to conversations like this one that you don't want to get caught in these scenarios, but even if you have, you always have the power of choice. And that is what you're always going to have. And with that power of choice, you then make your way, hopefully, 
out of the scam and into a more successful venture. Okay, I'm probably going to get some hate emails on this episode this week because I just stepped on some toes, and I know I did. I'm aware of it, and I will probably have to share some clarifying thoughts in the future, but at least for today, just know if you want to email me, please do so, jeff at jeffsanders.com. I am 100% open to feedback. I will listen to every thought you have on this topic, including the really sticky one about religion and how that plays into self-help. Uh, that one is a big can of worms. And so I probably shouldn't have even mentioned it, but I did because it's important. So there you go. Okay, now moving on. Let's go to the final component here, which is a very important one, which is why self-help is not a scam. I want to start with something that I think is a really important distinction in this conversation, which is that self-help is neither good nor bad. People, on the other hand, can be good or bad. Self-help is just a concept. It's just an idea. The people, though, that run these companies and sell these products and pursue these strategies that ultimately can result in scam-like systems and behaviors, well, the people there are the problem. It's, it's not ultimately what self-help itself stands for, right? The pursuit of things you want the desire to go on a journey to achieve a big goal and the desire to solve a big problem, well, that's always going to exist. And whether or not you define that as self-help or not, is really, that's semantics. Who cares? The question, though, is the people. And when you talk about is self-help a scam, the very first thing that I would say against that is that, well, of course not. Because self-help is just a journey to go achieve something and everyone's always doing that all the time in a variety of ways. And so it's really a question of how do you kind of conceptualize this and put it into a bucket. And so for me, the, the question of is why is self-help not a scam? Well, it's not because the people are the scam and self-help is just self-help. It's kind of separate. The second piece here is that self-help is always optional. This is really important. You do not have to participate in any of this. You do not have to read the books. You do not have to attend the religious service. You do not have to be a part of any of the systems that could lead to the scam to begin with. You can just not do it. And that's really kind of weird to say, but like it's just the power of choice here is so important. Self-help offers you an opportunity to take control of your life in a new way. It's an option to opt into if you so choose, and if you choose not to, totally fine. That's it. So from that perspective, self-help really can't be a scam unless you want it to be, unless you're saying I'm going to opt into that on purpose, which might sound strange also, but people have done that. Not necessarily consciously, but people have said yes to systems that they have this gut feeling of, I think there's something off here, but they keep doing it because they've always done it because their friends are doing it but they kind of had that feeling that this is not right. Well, guess what? You can always say no. You can always opt out. And that's a really important thing to remember in every pursuit that you take on is that if something doesn't feel right, if your antenna pops up and you say there could be a scam here, okay, back away, walk away, go somewhere else. That's always an option. Which brings me to the final point here about why self-help is not a scam, which is that self-help is self-generated. Another way of thinking about this is that critical thinking is going to be an epically important, necessary component in all of this. And 
Critical thinking is the best antidote to escaping the traps of the scam artists. When you think critically for yourself about your own life, that is the epitome of freedom. That is the core of what all of this is about. And it does directly help prevent you from being scammed. Thinking critically is the core of self-help. It is asking tough questions, answering them, pursuing things on purpose, pivoting, changing your life. And you made that choice thinking critically without someone trying to force you into that scenario. You thought for yourself, you got the benefit you wanted. Everything worked out because you were in control. Self-help starts with the self and thinking critically about yourself and about your life and what you want and how you want to get there and who you're involved with and who you allow into your life. It all comes back to you. The ownership component is the point. Ownership of the pursuit of the outcomes you want. Having said that, I now want to get to what potentially is the most controversial discussion point here, (laughs) aside from religion, which is a whole other beast. The concept of victimhood is such a sticking point for a lot of people, and it's the, the crux of that quote that I read at the top of the show. Right. The person who wrote that quote was talking about essentially, you know, life being a lottery and there being privilege and which, yes, privilege exists. Yes, some people have life uh, better than others. No, life's not fair. That's absolutely part of this for sure. But this concept of victimhood is such a dangerous one. And it sucks people in. It's so seductive in that sense. I am a victim to victimhood all the time. And I catch myself in it all the time. Uh, I've discussed on this podcast many times the role of fear and how fear changes our behavior. It changes the way we think. And it ultimately uh, holds us back from the success that we want, from the outcomes we're trying to achieve. And victimhood is kind of the epitome of what fear can do to you which it can create a victim out of you when one never existed to begin with. So to clarify that, let's imagine what it means to be a true victim, right? Which is where damage has been done to you that is completely outside of your control, right? You were laid off from your job and the company went bankrupt, which happened to me in the past. Uh, You were hit by a car while walking down the street, right? Not your fault. It happened. You are a victim, There are plenty of scenarios in life we could point to all day long in your life and my life where things happened to us that were not our fault at all. That was zero guilt on our part because we didn't do it. It just happened to us. It sucked. Okay, that is part of life. Life's not fair. The question, though, is what do you do next? And this is where people can, this is where it's tricky here. This is where people can choose to be victims going forward or choose not to. The power of choice here is real. And when something happens to you that's bad and you emotionally react to it and there are problems to then deal with, yes, that happens. But as time passes, do you stay stuck in the victimhood of what took place? Or do you pivot and take the reins of your life and say, I don't want to live like that anymore? I don't want to continue to be a victim. I don't want to let that thing or those many things that happened to define my future. Those things in the past are not who I'm going to be going forward. 
I want to be someone else. I don't want to choose to relive the past and let that drag me down. Instead, I want to choose to go forward and pursue better and awesome things. And when I think about that, all I can ever think is, well, of course I want a better future. Of course I want to pursue bigger and better things. Of course I don't want these problems to drag me down for the rest of my life. Well, then why do people choose that? Because they do. I do it. You do it. Everyone does this on some level. But there are certain areas of life where the victimhood mentality has taken control. And all of a sudden, that's you know the quote that I read earlier, the belief system that life's a lottery and privilege is everywhere and you know certain people are born into success and others are born without it and therefore they're the haves and the have-nots and if you're one of the have-nots you can never be the others who have the things you want it's really unfortunate to live in a world where you believe the negativity where you believe what you see on the news every day that life is terrible and awful and war exists everywhere and it, it, yes those things are real and they're awful Yes, that is true. We can acknowledge the bad things all day long. But you can't live like that. You can't live like that and achieve success. You can't live like that and and achieve happiness. You can't live in the negativity 24-7 and think that somehow that's going to work out in a positive way. By definition, it won't. It will lead to more of the thing you're thinking about. There's an episode of this podcast where I discuss that, that concept, that you become what you think about. That's what this is. Victimhood is nothing more than a thought process. It's a belief system. It's a choice. And when you think differently, make different choices, choose to believe different things, choose to look for the good in the world, choose to seek out the opportunities in the middle of the difficulties. When you choose what is possible, life is different and it is better. And no, it is not easy. Yes, it is hard. I am not the kind of guy who sells the dream. I'm the kind of guy who sells the hard work. I'm the kind of guy who sells you a 5 a.m. wake-up call. Who wants that? Nobody does. I cannot tell you how many times in my life that I have met a stranger and told them what I do for a living, that I run this podcast called The 5 a.m. Miracle, and their instant reaction is, nope, (laughs) not for me, Jeff. Thanks. Have a good life. They don't want it. People don't want it. I get it. I'm not selling the easy path. I'm not. I'm selling hard work. I'm selling discipline. I'm selling, yes, sometimes a cheat code if you can find a better way to get somewhere. But at the end of the day, like you're going to have to work for what you want. That's it. And if you play the victim, if you choose that path, if you choose to always seek out the convenient, easy answer, well, you're not choosing the path that I'm selling. You're choosing a different one. And I don't believe you're going to get what you want in the other path. I believe you're going to get more of what you have, and that's not going to work out well. Now, (laughs) I don't want a bunch of angry emails. I don't, but I just, these things have to be said, right? Truth has to exist in some capacity, and the truth is playing the victim sucks, and doing hard work is the path forward. That's what it is. So having said all of that, what role will self-help play in your life? Once again, self-help is the ownership of the pursuit. It's the choice to say, I'm on the journey. How do you want that to play into your life? How do you want that to play into your next decision, your next big goal to pursue, your next problem to solve? What role does self-help play? Are there better paths forward for you? 
And can you be more intentional, more decisive about the next big move you're going to make, the next small decision today even, the next you know healthy food to eat, the next wake-up call at 5 a.m., the next amazing thing to go pursue because you chose that. The outcome you want is decisive and it's intentional, it's purposeful, and it's filled with positivity and hope and potential and joy. Like what I sell on this show, yeah, it's hard work, but I'm selling a positive opportunity to love your life, right? This is all about having a big smile on your face, bright and early. That's what this is. And that's what's possible for you. And I'm excited for you to pursue that and to achieve those outcomes because that's all possible. Yes, even for you. Yes, right now. And for the action step this week, there's only one thing that I would like for you to do, and that is to think critically. The odds are in your favor of avoiding self-help scams if you retain the right to make your own decisions. I can all but promise you that you will not fall victim to a scam if you think critically and think for yourself, because you have the power of choice, you have autonomy, you have the opportunity. Just take it. JeffSanders.com slash 509 is the place to go for the episode notes. And of course, subscribe to or follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any amazing podcast app you're using right now. That's all I've got for you here on the 5 a.m. Miracle Podcast this week. Until next time, you have the power to change your life. And the fun begins bright and early. Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and I'm here to tell you about Greg McEwen and his amazing show, The Greg McEwen Podcast, part of the Yap Media Network. Want to achieve more by doing less, all while avoiding burnout? You can design a life that really matters with Greg McEwen, author of New York Times bestsellers, Effortless and Essentialism. His mission is to help you advocate and negotiate your way to remarkable results. Every Tuesday, Greg discusses one key topic he finds interesting and valuable through the lens of the essentialist. Every Thursday, he invites thought leaders, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and people like you for inspired weekly conversations focused on learning how to do what matters first and do less but better. His content will stir your thoughts and spark inspiration and action. And his British accents, well, that's just the cherry on top. Subscribe to the Greg McEwen podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.